Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's up, guys? Uh, there's no intro skit this week. Um, or do something a little bit different because this week on the podcast... John and I talked about uh, the importance of friends and support systems and especially having those friends be there, you know, through those highs and lows. And I just wanted to let my friend Brandon know that we're all thinking of him as family during this period of grief. Um, and we love you, man. You know, everything that you do for us and have brought to our lives means more than you can ever imagine. And obviously, you know, you had some pretty great people to look up to. And uh, I think that shows you're an amazing guy. We're, we're all thinking of your family. And if you ever need anything, any of the guys, any of the boys are going to be here for you 100%. Uh, so just wanted to let you know that we're thinking about you. This episode's dedicated to you and your family. guys and welcome back to what i can only describe as your dear sweet mother's favorite mental health podcast life's a wreck i'm your host kyle moore and uh giver and i'm kyle moore plus just like normal kyle moore but with features you'll love like shutting the hell up once in a while touch hot out the gates I gotta keep you modest that's me too but the head i, I don't know it started artsy and now it's just stuck so it's stuck is right stuck on oh. me <laughs> stop it what what no i i said i was what? stuck. you said with, no with like i'm on me <sighs> no, on me <laughs> i don't know i don't know it sounds like i'm in your head in my head I'm literally in your head. This is a, a, a fabrication. This is just like a... It's not... You're a pigeon. Moron. All right. Well, let's... Uh, you know, welcome back to the pod, guys. This week, I'm, I'm, I'm really... Uh, I'm stoked. And if I could... Uh, you know, I'd like to paint a little picture, a little mental picture for it's you always, guys it's here. It's always got to be a production with you. Like, let... Okay, let me do grown-up stuff first, okay? Tether? Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Tether is this incredible platform that we're both a part of, and we can't say enough good things about the guys there. It's a social network designed for men who want to connect with other men who just get it. It's a safe place online for guys to go and get peer support. So go check it out in the Google Play and App Store today and start connecting. 
You really got to get more on top of this whole serious stuff, though. You really, serious really do. Side. Yeah, that's why I have you. You got a free ride for years. Now you have to put in a little effort, and it's it's way, way, way. You're a big baby. That being said, though, if you want some seriousness, uh, just a heads up for anybody listening. We did have some issues with the audio, uh, you know, the audio recordings for this episode. But God damn it, we made it work. Okay, so shout out to Zoom for that one. And uh, now that I've given them the serious heads up, can I can I do my fun little uh, more fun little intro? No, I- run it. I was a wee lad, wide-eyed, filled with the excitement and vigor that a new city provides. I just moved from my modest town of St. Stephen, New Brunswick, to the Six, as stated by the city's oracle, one Mr. Champagne Poppy. It was here that I would attend my first concert, a night of appreciating the arts and culture, an immersion of stimulation, and as I walked through the door of the Phoenix Concert Theater, what do I see? What greets my perception and titillates my senses? Mike Studd, John Kilmer, Fader, and the homies. Shit stank like beer, but God, was it one of the best nights I had in Toronto. A fratistry. What? Yeah, you know, you kind of spun a tapestry, but, like, you know, fraternity like frat. It's a, it's a fratistry. Oh, but art, but like fart. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, uh, it was actually you know, you know, switching off the whatever. It was actually such a good time. Uh, and being a fan of Mike Studd and the guys from like a super early age growing up, you know, following their lives and seeing how they've changed and evolved and and matured, I always knew that I wanted to chat with them on the podcast. And now, five years after seeing that concert, here we are. Here we are. Like, joined by the one and only, the filmer, Mr. John Kilmer. John is a film, podcast, and music producer. He's an in-house creative for Mike. Formerly Mike Studd, for all the homies out there. Thank you. And you can see his debut feature film, The Primrose, on Amazon Prime. John, like, absolute pleasure to have you here, man. Thank you for taking the time. How's it going? Um... Besides hung over, uh, <laughs> definitely hanging in there. But on a on a larger scale, uh, I would say good. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, for the past year, my friends and I have been kind of moving all over the country. We've lived in five or six different states, yeah. and uh, there's just been a lot of motion, and it's been nice to you know get get out. We were in LA for a while. It's nice to get out of LA and mm-hmm. kind of see the country, experience new places. But uh, we just. We just got into a new house here in Arizona. Uh, I think we we signed like a two or three month lease. So nice. It's nice to be like nice to be a little grounded. I'm feeling a little more comfortable, a little more uh, you know in my routine, in my element. So I, I'm definitely that's feeling up. a lot more relaxed these days. So uh, that's 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 pretty much where I'm at. Happy to hear that, dude. Yeah, I, I surprised like listening to uh, the podcast, like with how much you guys bounce around. I know that for me, like having like a home base is, is huge. Like I love to be able to come home and like have like that familiarity and that routine and that just like, it just like, yeah, it, it keeps me grounded. So like, how, do you find it difficult with how much you guys bounce around? It's uh man, it's, it's the pros and cons, right? It's right. the constantly, um, you know, confronting the unknown is, is, mm. is important, but it's uncomfortable. And, you know, you can embrace, embrace how uncomfortable it makes you and, you know, 
in a way it makes you better but Mm. at the same time you know we are creatures of routine and and habits and we you know we like to we like to do our routine so you know i i never i try to always have that balance you know it's you know a year of traveling that's you know it's a long time maybe maybe it was too much but um to not have that at all in your life i mean i think that would be a mistake as well like this is one of those things that i can't imagine that like that lifestyle but like amplified over the course of what like a decade it's been a decade yeah that's crazy dude like has that is it one of those things like you've kind of learned to adapt to that or is it something that just never gets easier like it's always just still like every time you make that move every time you go on tour whatever it may be it's like that okay here we go again kind of thing you just got to have that bone in your body man i think you're Mm. born with it honestly uh i mean we're all road dogs we're just kind of used to it um (laughs) You know, I mean, tour is a whole different animal. I mean, because mm. you're in the city every night and there's really no normalcy in that world. It's its own yeah. bubble. You know, when you're on tour, when you're off tour, you feel like you, you know, you're just in some parallel universe for a couple of months, you know. <laughs> um, but this, what we've been doing, we've kind of been traveling, uh, you know, every, every couple of months, we'll just go somewhere new. Mm. And it, it's been cool, man. It's, uh, but like I said, yeah, it's like, yeah, it gets harder, you know, the older we get because, you know, it takes a bigger toll on our bodies and whatnot, mm-hmm. which, you know, we try to, we try to be mindful of our health when we can. Um, but, you know, ultimately, I think we're just kind of all wired that way. Yeah. Yeah. How did you guys like all, I would love to hear kind of like the inception of what became like the homies, like what, you know, when did you guys all meet? How did this all become what you guys are doing today? Like, when did that all start? Uh, a lot of people were kind of from the beginning. Uh, mm. I mean, Mike, Mike and Blue are neighbors uh, since they were like five years old. So they've known nice. each other forever uh, over in Rhode Island. I, I grew up about an hour away. I didn't, I didn't know them growing up. Uh, I was at Boston and I met Mike when he had maybe one or two songs out. Uh, I saw, I saw his song College Humor, the music video on like a yeah, music yeah. blog. I think it was like goodmusicallday.com. And uh, <laughs> I love it. I read, I read, a, I read a little write up about them. And, you know, it seemed like there was some, uh, some parallels there, uh, some alignment just because, you know, like I, I, I was in like a fraternity and, I, you know, I did all the party stuff and then yeah, I watched yeah. his college humor, watched the college humor video and he's kind of doing the jock thing with all the girls and the party and the house parties and stuff. So I was like, all right, there's, you know, there's some alignment there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some and, alignment. Uh, I love it. Yeah. I just, uh, I just reached out, uh, via Seven. email, you know, mm. I used to do that a lot when I was first starting out, you know, I was, uh, I just, just fresh out of college. I was living in New York city and this crappy little apartment with, you know, one of my best friends. And, uh, I just reached out to people. That's how I got, that's how I got work, you know? Yeah, dude, you're fucking speaking my language right now. This is what all of this is like literally moving, moving into a crappy apartment with my childhood best friend, uh, like October 1st. And, uh, you know, this is the, this is the grind. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it was crazy too. Cause, um, uh, you know, I, I started pretty much working for myself right out of the gate. Cause mm. I, I mean, I was, I was doing a lot of work my junior and senior year 
in college because I, I just like kind of started to accumulate some um, some clientele and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. You know, not not that I was making a lot of money at all. It was really just enough to get by. But uh, it was cool to be able to do that right out of college. And it was just funny with the dichotomy of like my childhood friend that I was living with. He was like writing finance, you know, work, working for uh, Bloomberg in New York City. And, you know, he would wake up at 6 a.m., put the suit on. You know, Big boy I'd job. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be rolling out of bed at like 1130. And like <laughs> sometimes I wouldn't even, I, I worked right in my bedroom. Sometimes I wouldn't even leave the apartment for like two, three days at a time. Yeah. I'd just get head heavy cabin fever but but yeah man those those early grinding years were like uh some of my fondest memories i think absolutely man it's fun dude it's just like i I love the idea of and something that like i enjoy so much is like the idea of just like when you're passionate about what you do and you kind of find that at a young age you have time to kind of like hammer that away and like you know hone that in and i think that's like i don't know it's cool to see like you with where you're at right now and, uh, you know, as a young content creator, like looking at that and being like, damn, man, like you've worked for yourself since like college. That's fucking, that's crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's, and dude, it's not all, it's not, I can't give myself oh. all the credit. Yeah. I had yeah. like a wonder, a wonderful support system with family and friends. Mm. And, you know, some of those months I couldn't pay rent and, you know, like I, I was lucky enough to have parents to help me out along the way when, you know, times weren't so great. So, yeah, uh, I, I, I realized not everyone has that and is not that lucky so you know it was uh i'm grateful to had that type of support system around me but especially in the early years mm. it was there were and i i think i know the answer to this but i feel like it's like an important question to ask anyway like were there periods of like significant self-doubt as you were going through that yeah and it wasn't just the beginning man like it was it was kind of like little pockets you know mm. like i would hit two or three years of a hot streak and then like that would come to an end naturally and then you know, there was always the what's next. And I, yeah, of you know, course, there'd be, t- there'd be times where I was sitting on my ass for, you know, like months and months and months and like not a lot of work was coming through and like not a lot was going on. And I had to kind of just really reflect and figure out like what, cause I mean, when you're working for yourself, you have to create these opportunities for yourself, you know, Absolutely. And you can't really, you don't just, you know, show up and check in and, uh, you know, get the paycheck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's just, it starts and ends with you. So, you know, it's, it is a roller coaster. you know, the highs are very high, the lows are very low, but, um, and dude, it was even like, as, as recent as like a couple of years ago, like I, mm. you know, I was in like almost like a whole year long rut where like, I just re- really didn't know what, you know, what I should be doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, during those periods, it's, yeah, I think it's just best to, you know, keep a positive mindset and just be patient because ultimately if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, the opportunities will kind of present themselves, you know, throughout mm-hmm. the universe in one, one way or another. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, I just, I just kind of like to let life happen sometimes instead of overanalyzing it. <laughs> I like that, man. Yeah, for sure. How, how do you kind of like, I feel like that's tough to let happen to let life kind of come to you sometimes is like, especially when you are somebody who is like a grinder and a hot, like, and, and obviously hustles to, to make it for themselves. Like that whole kind of like accepting that downtime is something that I've struggled with big time. Um, like, was there like a, any kind of like, um, you know, routine that you had or mindset or whatever it may be that kind of like helped in that process kind of helped you push you in that direction where it's like, it's okay to be, in a bit of a rut it's okay to be in some downtime because like i'm still doing what i'm doing and i still love it 
I mean, at the end of the day, when I say like a rut, it's I'm talking strictly like on my professional side of my life, you know. Yeah, like, of course. I'm on, on the other side, like you know, we're all we're, we're always constantly working on ourselves, and you know, just like your show promotes, you know, whether it's mental health or you know, gaining intelligence or knowledge or or whatever it is. I mean, you can do that every day of the week, you know. Absolutely. There's, so, you know, if, if work's slow, then great. Now I have an opportunity to work on myself for a few months, which, you know, you can see as a gift in a way. Right. Yeah. When did, uh, when did you guys kind of hit this? Because I've been, I remember my, I, my first ever concert that I went to, I'm from like a small town, middle of nowhere, New Brunswick, Canada, um, super like 5,000 people kind of thing, like in the whole County. And I went to uh, Toronto for my undergrad for school. And when I went to Toronto, one of the first, um, like, first couple weeks I was there, uh, Mike Studd was touring, Toronto, or was touring, and it was Toronto of the Phoenix. And that was, like, the first concert I ever went to. And that atmosphere and, like, that whole, like, you know, the vibe that you guys were giving out, it's seeming, it's, it's one of those things where it's, like, it's so cool to have seen that growth from there to, like, what you guys are doing now and, like, the Y&K podcast. It's like, it's one of those things where I feel like you guys kept your, you kept who you are, but I feel like there's a, you know, a different necessary like focus in your lives kind of thing. And I just kind of like love to know, like when that more mindfulness kick kind of started, when it kind of became one of those things where you guys all started to talk about that. And it was like, yeah, we should like start broadcasting this shit out. Um, I think, I, I don't think it was a specific moment, but I think it's just when, you know, naturally as we got older, we wanted to kind of feed our minds with something that mm. was a little... Uh, more beneficial you know um and it's you know it started with you know as simple as watching like the joe rogan podcast or like just start watching other people's stuff and you know as podcasts started to get, become more popular um i think i think i think that's why we kind of wanted to start one was because we we were just we were starting to watch them a lot and we, mm. we didn't really have a way to accurately connect with our audience anymore like we used to i mean i don't know how long you've been watching for but like we used to do like these like touring sporting videos yeah um and that was a great way to like showcase uh you know who we are in like a fun way and like the fans get to know us as uh you know as racy as it was but you know as we got <laughs> older we, and we stopped doing you know videos like that uh we didn't really have a vehicle to connect with our fans and like give them an opportunity to get to know us better. So mm. the podcast, the podcast was a great opportunity to do that because, you know, once a week or every other week, we can just, we can answer questions for fans and we can, you know, talk about really whatever topics we want. And yeah. I think that's, that's been just like this unquantifiable way of, you know, gaining diehard fans, you know, because yeah, they, they, feel, they, feel like, they feel like they know us now because, uh, we just really put our ourselves out there and, you know, we, we have all these discussions and we've been doing it for years now. Mm. Was there any one person who kind of like really embraced it the most? Oh, Mike, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely Mike, for sure. Ma makes sense. I mean. Yeah. And like a lot of the stuff, like, I feel like I was doing already. I just like didn't really acknowledge it or like mm. I couldn't really, I couldn't really like understand why I was the way I am, mm. you know? Yeah. But like, as I start, as I started, you know, reading about certain things and uh, just hearing other people talk about it, it's, it's nice to be able to gauge why I am the way I am. And uh, it's, it, again, it comes down to self-awareness. And I, I think that's the main thing that's changed for me over the past couple of years is I haven't necessarily changed a lot as a person, but I'm becoming more aware of who I am and why I am that way. Mm. 
I love which that. Which is a nice dude. feeling. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think that that was why, you know, speaking from my own experience, like COVID was a great thing for me. COVID was one of the best things that ever happened to me because like coming home from Toronto, I was in Toronto, finishing up my undergrad was like working for or sleeping like four hours a night, working like two jobs, working at an internship, like just grinding out school. And then when COVID hit and I came home and I had time to like, like actually just like sit down and be like, okay, why, who am I, who am I trying to prove stuff to? Like, what am I doing here? what like I'm super unhealthy my life's going absolutely like it feels like I'm at the stagnant spot even though I'm like putting all this force behind it like I got to kind of evaluate things and I had a year and a half to just like do exactly that and it led to like the podcast growing and, and uh you know my own uh you know whatever you, you want to call it like journey or whatever it may be it's it's just like it's nice to be able to kind of like sit and have that time um to just like look at yourself and be like, okay, like, let's just look at this objectively, like no kind of like judgment call or anything like that. Like, this is just who I am. And let's figure that out. I love that. Uh, yeah, that's why there were a lot of divorces during COVID too. <laughs> Dude, absolutely. They're like, I'm married to this fucking bum. I need to get out of here. I can't believe it. Yeah, exactly. Finally, you have some time around the house and you're like, oh shit. It's <laughs> all working from home situation. Not ideal. <laughs> that's too funny, man. Did, when you, when you're like, as somebody who is as busy as you, like, it, it seems like you're, you know, it's kind of like a one project, boom, next project, probably multiples at a time. Like, how do you take care of yourself when you have a, a work schedule that's like, not nine to five, you know, real standard clock in clock out hours? It's, uh, you know, I'd say like 75 to 80% of what I do is kind of creative based and, mm. and you can't really put a schedule on creativity. You know, you kind of just have to strike while the iron's hot with that. So it's, uh, it's more just like an internal feeling of, you know, when you're feeling inspired and uh, your mind's working in that specific way and you're in the right vibe, then, then you get that shit done. And if you're not, then just don't force it. Yeah. Is that why you guys uh, bounce around so much is just to like, kind of get those new vibes and, and get that new perspective for Mike, a hundred percent. I mean, I mm. know it's, it's fueled his creativity astronomically. I mean, if you listen to you know the newest album, it's, yeah. that's a product as a product of us moving around, you know, and, and, and gaining all those different perspectives. And it's, it's definitely helped him. I don't know if I necessarily for what I do necessarily need, need to be moving around a lot. Um, right. I think it's, it's helped me more on like a personal level versus uh, from a creative standpoint, mm. but, but yeah, for, for Mike, it was just, yeah, astronomical. Like, mm. It really influences music. Well, I mean, like even, like I said, like listening to the Mike stud from back first year university versus listening to the new album, like it's, you still hear that same kind of soul, but it's like, it's, it's a completely different vibe, but it's, it's grown so naturally, which is like what I love about it because I think it resembles a lot of like, that growth that it seems like your friend group because you guys have been so like, you know, open and public and like broadcasting your lives in a very, like, to me, what comes across as a really like authentic way, like that growth that, you know, has been seen over time, I feel like is reflected in that music and in the podcast and everything like that. Like, was you, was there a, a bit of like a pushback when you guys really started to kind of talk about like this new stage of your life because people were kind of caught up on what the old, Mike Stud and and gang, you know, was? Uh, no, man. I mean, it's it's crazy when you're when you're putting music out for ten years. I mean, you you're just constantly getting new fans along the mm. way as well, you know. So, uh, I think it's I think the the people who've been rocking with us for a while. I mean, it's it's been ten years of this. So, like the people who've been rocking with us for a while, they're they're older now and they're kind of starting to think that way, anyways. And then mm, true the people who the 
the people who are new fans, like they don't really know so much of what we used to be like when we were younger. So they're kind of seeing this as just who we are and how right. we've always yeah, been. Yeah. So, and then they just get a so real yeah. like slap in the face when they type in touring's boring on YouTube and get to see that for the first time. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. We took that off the internet for uh, obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> really? I had no idea why. Yeah. Just, you know, the climate of <laughs> everything going on these days. Fair, uh, fair, yeah. That's, I, and, I, and again, it's just not really representative of who we are now. It, as mm. fun as the memories are, you know, it's, yeah. I, I look at those as, as amazing memories and fun times. Uh, but yeah, it can be misconstrued. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I got you, man. What's the, um, you know, being like, especially being a, a group of guys who I feel like, you know, coming up that very kind of like frat style, like the way that you guys went about like touring and everything, it seemed like a kind of like that, that fraternity family element of just kind of like and but also like very like what would now be kind of considered like that hyper masculine um yeah environment or whatever like do you was there ever like a a bit of an identity thing when you guys like we have to stick with the same kind of mold like it's it just i'm i'm so like interested in like uh, it's interesting to hear that that it seems like this very natural progression like was there kind of this like identity like who the fuck am i like can i talk about mindfulness and can i talk about this shit because that's where i'm at in my life but i feel like i have to keep this persona of like what we had and like still obviously have but yeah yeah no absolutely not i mean Mm. it's mike talked about this in an interview not too long ago where it's like you know, in the early days when he was Mike Stud and he was rapping about, you know, fucking bitches and going to parties and this yeah, and that. Yeah. I mean, it, that was authentic to who he was. So mm. he wasn't trying to fit a mold. He was just being him. And mm. he talked about the stuff. He was talking about the stuff that was relevant to his life at that time. Yeah. Uh, so then when, when he started to, you know, get older and change and, you know, no longer Mike Stud, he's just Mike. And, you know, he's, yeah. uh, he, you know, he's, he has different, um, he's talking about different things that are, he, he's just, you know, has different beliefs now and uh, all that stuff. It, he's not worrying about fitting a mold. He just wants to be authentic to who he is. So yeah, whatever, whatever's important to him now or whatever vibe he's on now, that's going to be reflected through the music. So it's mm. definitely not the other way around where, you know, you feel like you have to fit a certain mold within the music industry. Cause I mean, at the end right. of the day, you know, who gives a shit about that? It's just, yeah. about, uh, I think people respect the authenticity of, you know, being transparent through your music. Hundred percent, and and do you think that that's a bit of a consequence of being surrounded by people who knew you from the absolute beginning and were like it was like an environment of authenticity? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we, again, like we, I I can't speak for Mike, but I I can assure you he probably gives zero thought into you know or worry about you know what people are going to think about you know the type of music he's putting out. You know, right. at the end of the day, he want he wants it to be helpful for people, but at the end of the day, it's almost therapy for himself. Mm. So it's, uh, you know, he's being vulnerable and through, through his music and he's talking about things that are personal to him. So at the end of the day, it's, it's really for him, you know, as much as it is, you know, uh, relatable for his fan base, it's, so I, you know, I I don't think he gives, he doesn't give much thought into like what other people are going to think about it as he's doing it. Yeah. And I think that that's a great mindset to have. I'm curious. I just heard you say, uh, that it's therapy for him. I'm curious what's therapy for you. Uh, yeah. Um, I actually started, I started like a lot of habits that, I mean, that's why COVID was great for me too. I started a mm. lot of like nice habits throughout all of it. Um, yeah. just with like everything being in lockdown. So like, since we're stuck in the house, I started going on like, you know, these 45 minutes to hour long walks every day nice. and, uh, I'd pop on like an audio book and, 
you know, when you're walking for an hour every day and listening to an audiobook for an hour a day, you get through a lot of books and uh, you, you get a lot of nature, you get a lot of outdoor time. And just like that alone, that's like, you know, Mike preaches meditation and like, that's great for him. But for me, it's like, just something as simple as just getting outside, letting the sun hit you and you mm. know, maybe learning, learning something new or, or uh, just programming your mind in like a, in a positive way by consuming stuff that's like actually beneficial for you, you know? Yeah. Did you pick up any, uh, any like weird interests or like very specific interests while like kind of on that uh, audiobook and, and going for walk kick? Because dude, I've gotten real into art history. Don't know why. <laughs> just that shit just clicked for me. Fucking love it. <laughs> that's hilarious um i i became super consumed with uh malcolm gladwell who's oh like, dude now, now probably one of my favorite authors i think his his books are just so brilliant um and he's just such a knowledgeable guy mm. the research he, he the research he does to like make these books are like phenomenal so i i've read just about all of his books um have you listened to his podcast uh revisionist history I have not yet. I know it's, I know it's great, but I haven't yet. Oh, dude, put <laughs> you on some, oh my God. It's, it is by far like the best podcast I've ever listened to. Like it's so, what I love about him. And I think that is just like such a cool way of looking at like creativity is pulling like, he just, he does it better than anybody where he just finds like a loose string and he pulls it just like so long. Cause it's like, you know, you can hear somebody say something and it's just like, you find like one word and you're like, oh, like, that's an interesting thing. And then with him, he finds that one word and then it's like the history and everything of that one word. And just like, you're like, damn, like that's, um, I love that. It's so cool. Yeah. And like you, I, I try to explain his style of writing to people and I'm like, it's basically like one really long book report on something, but it's the most interesting book report you've ever read in your it's entire a great life. Great way of putting it. I love it. It's a book report you actually want to read. <laughs> Yeah, man. It's like, and I, you know, obviously I started with outliers and that's, you know, his most famous Classic. one and that's a great one. And then, mm. then I did the David, David and Goliath and that's probably my second favorite one. I love that one. And then, and then, yeah, I just fall, I followed up by just reading pretty much the rest of them. So mm. I, I feel like he came out with a new one recently that I didn't. The Bomber Mafia, I think. I, yeah. I, di- I didn't read that yet. It's yeah. He did a, um, he did a revisionist history episode about it. Um, and I want to read the book. It's, it's interesting. It's like the whole, I, it was, I was curious to like think about why he went that direction because it was like a, a story of them just learning that bombing was an effective way of winning a war. And I was like, that's just such a, like, it, it just, you know, it seems like just this thing where you're just like, what's more to say? Like, yeah, we flew bombs and shit blew up and like that, well, there we go. We won a war, but like he wrote a fucking 300 page book about it. So I think if anybody could do it, Malcolm Glad, Oh, absolutely. Come on. Are you, have you always been a big reader? Like are books like a thing that, uh, you know, back, back in the day, were you picking up books as you were uh, traveling around? Um, I'd say I started to really get into reading probably around five or six years ago. Mm. So like kind of recently. Yeah. And the only books I were, I was fat. Like you said, art history is your thing. Like, dude, my thing was like rock and roll autobiographies. Nice. I love, I love rock autobiographies. I've read, you know, all the big ones. Motley Crue has the best one, hands down. The Dirt, fucking fantastic oh. book. Haven't read the book. Watch the watch the Netflix uh, documentary, whatever you want to call it. The Netflix show, fucking. Mwah. The Netflix movie was probably like a B minus version of the book because the book is just that good. The Phenomenal. book is just so good. Um, I got to read you the. So the reason I got into back into reading is because I was going. I was at a concert with my my brother and some of his buddies, and my brother's friend is like, 
oh, you like you you like classic rock and all that. I'm like, yeah, I love 80s rock, all that stuff. And he's like, have you read uh, Molly Cruz The Dirt? I'm like, no, I don't really read that much. I'm not like a huge reader. He goes, I'm going to read you the first paragraph of this book. And I guarantee after I read this paragraph, you're going to want to read the entire thing. Um, yeah. Do you so remember, do you remember it? To, <laughs> not a... Uh, not from memory and I don't want to butcher it. So I, I'm going to pull it up here and I'm going to read it for you right now. I love um, it. Please, yes. <coughs> I just gotta, I just gotta dig it up real quick. And if I can't, if I can't find it, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna urge your listeners to, to go find it. <laughs> I love it, dude. Have you ever gotten to meet any, uh, any like kind of like rock legends of yourself being or for yourself being in the music industry? What's crazy. Well, uh, what's crazy is that before, I was even in the music industry when I was still in high school. I went to high school with one of uh, Steven Tyler's daughters from Aerosmith. There you go. <laughs> and I was just like obsessed with classic rock in high school. I had like a big ass fucking Afro. I would rip the <laughs> guitar. And, uh, you know, we had like these band classes you can take and they weren't like the stereotypical band, like that you play football games. It was like band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they put like a, they put like a drummer and like a bassist and a guitarist and a singer together. And you got to just like fucking jam for a class. Mm. And then, uh, and then at the end of every semester, you like do concerts for like, you know, friends and family and stuff. So, uh, Steven Tyler's daughter was like in choir or some vocal group or something. And like, they had the same concerts that we had. So I would know going into these concerts that Steven Tyler of Aerosmith would be watching me rip the guitar. Dude. And dude, I, I used to like go all out to impress him and stuff. Like I'd, I'd raid my mom's closet and throw on some of my mom's pants and like, I I'd pick love my, it. I'd, I'd, I'd pick my Afro out. I'd wear yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And like, if you saw some photos of me um, back then, like people think it's fake. They think it's like uh like photoshopped or something and i'm like nah man like that's <laughs> that's fucking me so i, I, I got the uh i got that privilege of like being able to perform and you know for one of like my my idols in a way you know so like that that was pretty cool what a great fucking story that's awesome man i i i feel like i would be an absolute fo- disaster like out there like i got man back in before literally starting this podcast I was a wreck when it came to like any kind of public speaking stuff. Like I did public speaking and I, and I like enjoyed it and I was like, okay at it, but my stomach would just be like ripping itself apart. Like just that crippling anxiety. Have you just always just been like comfortable in front of people? Um, I would always appear to be comfortable in front of people. Cause I guess I could fake it. <laughs> uh, but deep down I was like, do, 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 do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, my dad, my dad has an excellent saying, uh, cause he used to have to give a lot of, public talks in front of like you know tons of people for work mm. he, he always told me like before he went on you know the podium or whatever before he'd go on he'd say to himself i can't wait to hear what i have to say nice you know and, and that means you know you don't overthink it you don't plan what you're going to say you just have the general gist of what you want to get across you don't you know uh you know hammer your mind about it too much with yeah. anxiety you just get up you just get up there and you just kind of work through it and you just say what you got to say, you know, mm. and, and, the, the, and then when you don't overanalyze it and don't overthink it, those are kind of like the, the best public uh, talks that you can probably get out of yourself. 100%. Dude, ever since uh, doing this podcast, like being from a small community, I've started to do like public speaking stuff, like talking in front of people. And I found like the first couple talks that I did when I like scripted out almost every word were just like fucking snooze fest, boring, like <laughs> no energy. Everyone's just like looking at me just like, damn, this guy's like depressing as hell. And now like, you know, being a little bit more comfortable in that idea of just like, I know what I want to talk about. So just 
go yeah. and talk about it way more fun way more engaging it's just like yeah it's it's fun to like learn how to just be yourself in front of people unapologetically oh yeah because people can sense you know how if you're comfortable or not so yeah. you know, uh, and, and speaking of uh things i want to talk about i got the first paragraph yeah, yeah all right all right let her in uh, all right page one paragraph one swear to god her name was Bullwinkle. We called her that because she had a face like a moose, he wrote. But Tommy, even though he could get any girl he wanted on the Sunset Strip, would not break up with her. He loved her and wanted to marry her, he kept telling us, because she could spray her cum across the room. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. There's no more. <laughs> so this guy read me this first paragraph, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm going to go. <laughs> Okay, next stop then, just dude, the bookstore yeah since then i've reread it and uh it's it's just a fucking fabulous book it, what makes it great uh I'll, I'll be brief about why i like it yeah no, um, go for it so molly crew like they they've they've broken up as a band they've gotten back together it's just like four like egomaniacal like drug addicts basically in one in one group and when they became famous they were only like 19 or 20 years old when they were first starting out yeah and like really started so they were young they, they were very young when they when they blew up so they were just like dipshit little kids and uh what makes their book great is each chapter will talk about a topic or something that happened and it'll be written from all four band members um perception so like they'll all recount it in their own nice. way oh that's really cool and when and when you see that, it's like you start to realize that like people really people really have their own interpretations of what happened, and uh, it might not always be what actually happened, you know. Right, right. <laughs> but, so it's cool to hear it from four different points of view like that because uh, then you can like really start to shape what actually happened versus just one person recounting something, you know. True. Yeah. No, I love that. Like, I love that idea of like, dude. Even last night, I was out uh, grabbing drinks with um, the the guy that I'm moving in with, childhood best friend, and um, somebody asked us the question of just like, how'd you guys meet? Two like two very different sides of the same story, and it's just like, yeah, it's like interesting to hear to like to think of like um, memories on that level of just like extremity when you're 20 years old and the biggest fucking rock star on the planet versus just like, and like how different those stories would be. I, I think, I think you convinced me. I think I have to read the dirt now. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's a raunchy ass book, but man, it's that they, you know, that they're the epitome of rock stars. They yeah. just really are. <laughs> yeah. I love that dude. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It is a crazy story. Their, their story. <laughs> would you ever, would you ever write yourself? Have you ever thought about writing a book? Like down the road, I I've been writing uh, probably for five six years now. Um, nice. That book almost that book kind of inspired me in a way to wanted to start writing my own stories, uh, just because I read the dirt right when we were all moving to Los Angeles for the first mm. time, and this was the first time we all kind of agreed to live under one roof together, and you know just full immersion into this life yeah, that we're living. Yeah, yeah. So, and that was the very beginning of it. So. Uh, and it, what, what was crazy is our first place in Los Angeles was literally across the street from the Motley, Motley Crue's first house when they were a band in 1980. So, dude, just weird, yeah, dude, spooky shit. Yeah, super spooky shit. Yeah, I guess um, so. So it, it inspired me to just, you know, I knew that I was taking like another, and I was in my mid 20s at the time. I was young. So I got, I was taking like this next step in my life, in my professional career. And, you know, we were kind of all doing it together. I knew it was going to be the start of something crazy. So I wanted mm. to document it, not just from a video standpoint, but actually start writing my thoughts down on the you know, stuff that was happening 
a lot of stories, some stories way more uh, entertaining than others, but I didn't really do it with the purpose of sharing it per se. It's kind of mm. just nice to, it's nice to read back at like, you know, some of the stuff that was going on. Yeah. Um, and it's an, it's an accurate way to remember the past because you're kind of in the moment writing about it, which is, which is great. And if it did come out as a book, I, I'm pretty sure my parents would disown me like straight <laughs> up. Uh, That's the mark of any good book though, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think any girl could ever love me after that. Book, so. <laughs> it is, it is because it's, you know, I, I'm writing about moments that are uh, almost like embarrassing in a way, you know, I, I'm writing about like my lot my losses, not necessarily my wins. So right. my losses are, are uh, more entertaining. So those are the ones that I'm really writing about when I'm humiliated the most. Right. <laughs> are you, are you somebody who just like, when it comes to a loss, you feel like it might be like, you're like, okay, I got to document this. Cause it's kind of funny. But like, when it comes to like the wins, what's your kind of mindset about that? Is it like, I want to document this too, or like, I'm always going to have that memory. Like why kind of worry about it in a way? Um, what do you mean by document it? It comes across to me that you're somebody who loves to document stuff. Like right. you love to document things. Yeah. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, no, yeah, no, especially in my writing, like if there's wins, I'll, I'll write about it and I'll say like why it, you know, makes me feel proud or, or happy mm. or whatever, you know, and they're not, they're not like wins as far as like accolades go. They're wins as like, you know, like I, I, uh, I put my mind to something and I, I followed through and I did it and I'm proud of myself for doing nice. that. Like it's, those are the type of wins in my book, you know? I love that, man. Have you always been like, when, when did you start this appreciation for like documenting these experiences? Like when did that start in your life in general? Uh, well, yeah, it started with the video camera, man. I mean, I, mm. I, I was, I was a lucky kid. Like I, I got into videotaping and filming at a young age. I was probably in eighth grade, maybe, you know, uh, I, I, we had a camera laying around the house and by the time I got to high school in ninth grade somehow my high school had like a video art program where you could just like learn how to edit videos and shoot videos and stuff nice and, you know like most, most high schools don't have shit like that so no. the stars just kind of the stars just kind of like especially back then like I'm I'm super old I'm I'm 30 so like back then cameras and like editing software like this it's not as like readily available as it is today mm -hmm. it's like it's very very uncommon the cameras are fucking huge and you know so to have that in your high school was crazy. And once I got a hold of a camera, like I, I just started filming everything, man. Like it was just, and it was, it was fun stuff. I just like to film, you know, hanging out with my friends or, you know, trying to replicate those jackass videos that they tell you not to yeah. replicate. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like setting shit on fire, like fun, yeah, you know, yeah, fun yeah. stuff like that. Fast forward a couple of years later, I, you know, I end up going on tour and doing it for a living and, you know, mm. not much has really changed, but uh, yeah, I got to fall in love with it at a young age. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm grateful for that because a lot of people, you know, they, they struggle to find passions at all, you know, let yeah. alone someone like who's 13, who like knows what they want to do. So I'm that, that's one like, of the most yeah, things I'm man. grateful for. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, and, and this is a bit of a, um, philosophical question, but do you think it was kind of like that, that instant love for it? Do you think it kind of stemmed more from, and it might be not any of these two things that I'm kind of thinking, but like stem from like an appreciation of people or like an appreciation of experiences experiences for sure yeah 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 definitely definitely experiences uh it's yeah be, i mean being able to document it's great and again like it's it's not for like it's not for like uh i don't do it for like the final product you know like i'm not i'm not out there filming something with a final product in mind that's not why i want to do it i'm doing it just because like it's again like maybe that's my therapy like maybe mm. it, maybe like that's 
maybe like being able to look back at little glimpses of the past or my past and my experiences is therapy for me and you know comforting for me in a way yeah. uh, I mean, nostalgia has always been one of like the strongest feelings inside of me and uh you know whether it's a good thing or bad thing i just i, I love feeling nostalgic and i you know i love having those little pieces of my past kind of scattered around that I can access whenever I want. So yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's probably why I do it. Dude, how beautiful is the idea of being able to like, like share that with people like down the road, like whether it's like fucking kids or whoever, like being able to be like, Hey, here's like, here's, here's my life in like a nice little fucking like tied up little package. Like that's, I, I love that. Like, dude, that's, I love the idea of like podcasting because it's, you're just having a conversation with somebody and that conversation just lives on forever. Like, how can you not appreciate just the, like you get to, for, for an hour or whatever it may be, you get to meet somebody and, and, and get to know somebody who like interests you and, and who is there, you know, inspires you in a way or whatever it may be. And then you just have that thing and you have those words and you have that conversation and that's fucking fantastic. Oh, bro. That, don't even get me started. I mean, some of the guests we've had on our show, I've, I've just been like, over the moon appreciative of like the type of people we've gotten to speak to over the past few years uh any which one stands out like what are what are a couple that like stand out to you well we had you know we had larry king on the show who's of course like yeah, he passed recently Legend. so rest, yeah. in pe- rest in peace larry but i mean he's one of maybe the greatest interviewer of all time you know he's conducted like some, like fifty thousand interviews something ridiculous wow. over his lifespan and uh you know he he was he was in a wheelchair and he like, wasn't feeling very well. And he still came to our house and did the interview and being able to hear wisdom from a guy like that. Mm. Uh, I mean, and, and like you said, it just lives on forever. You can just, yeah. you, know, you can go, you can go back and dive back into that whenever you want. And uh, like the, the shit I learned from that just one episode, uh, it was, it was really wonderful. It was mm. great. Mm. I, it, it's funny. So kind of in preparation for, um, this i wanted to go back and kind of just like skim through some of the uh the ynk podcast that i listened to a while ago or you know whatever it may be one that i i listened to and i was like damn like what an interesting perspective was the manzel interview like johnny manzel what a fucking life experience like what you know this guy's this guy's perspective is so crazy yeah it was an interesting one for sure that's our most watched episode you know by a landslide mm. by a landslide yeah, mm. it's that's easily the most viewed and I, and I think it's because i mean that's probably the most like transparent interview Johnny's been a part of, you know, 100%. up until that time. So yeah. I, I think that's what drew people to it. And, uh, you know, he was, he was just very, very humble in that interview. And I think he was very, like I said, transparent about how he was feeling about everything, looking back at, you know, looking back at his football career and, and yeah. you know, what his life is like now. So I think people really appreciated his honesty and, uh, his vulnerability in there. Mm. Yeah. Man, you guys have done some cool shit, man. Like really cool stuff. Thank you. No, I, this podcast has been awesome, man. To be able to produce, you know, something like this, it's uh, it's like it just feels good because, like, I know I mm. know that, and I get the messages all the time. You know, it's it's good to like see that it's helping people, and and you know, even just a small way, or sometimes in like a gigantic way, uh, it that it just feels good to like put my time into stuff like that. You know, it's it's nothing to do with the money or how many views we're getting or whether we're like, you know, like the top 100 rankings of podcast. I don't give a shit about any of that. It's the messages, you know, when I, when I, maybe when I'm not feeling so great one day and you get the message like, Hey man, like I listened to so-and-so's interview like on your podcast and I was going through a tough time and it just like really helped me like 
get through it and help me like think about stuff a little differently like that yeah that's that's as good as it gets for me oh dude the power of shared experience like just what a what a gift just to be able to like you know somebody who's going through a tough time all it took was what one small conversation just talking about like hey what did you go through where are you now and how'd you get there kind of thing and then they're just like yeah i see some of myself in that conversation and then things just kind of click and you're all of a sudden it's like fucking one sentence can like turn someone and you had fun doing it like that's the best it's the best it's inspiring man and one of our Mm. first episodes it was like episode four maybe three or four it was with james connor uh yeah oh dude yeah uh i mean he he battled cancer you know when he was at the his peak of his you know athletic career not his athletic career but when he was in college like yeah pretty much pretty much the time that is like the most important for him to get ready for the nfl he gets cancer yeah you know so like not only you know he was starting this one battle where he's trying to get into the league and then it's like now he has to fight for his life Mm. you know while also trying to get in the league and he did it you know he did it (laughs) and on top of that like you know he had these like crazy injuries he like tore i want to say he like tore his acl like twice or something like that like just so many so many obstacles like the obstacles that he had to overcome to get to where he is today is one of the most inspiring stories i've ever heard and i i would urge anyone to check that check that interview out because it's Mm. it's it's a remarkable story of just perseverance man you know and then he talks about his mindset you know what he was going through to you know to get through the cancer when he's doing Mm. chemo and and he's doing chemo and still trying to train you know uh, play football at the same time i mean that's dude it's crazy i remember that episode it was it was one of those things that like because how long is the how long is the um like ynk podcast been around about two years. Okay, yeah, because I'm pretty sure, like, I remember following your guys' stuff and seeing that, like, because this this podcast has been around for about two years too, um, coming up on like two years or whatever, or a little over two years. And um, I remember that came out at around the same time, and that was one of the first kind of interviews where I was like, I was like, wow, like listening to that and hearing it for like back when I just first started this, and I was like, to think that like that level of just like you know, uh, that level of story is out there and that you can tell that story in like this format was like such a cool thing. So no, definitely like anybody who's listening to this podcast right now, like highly, highly recommend that interview for sure. Um, dude, I mean, first of all, I can't like thank you enough for just taking the time and, and hopping on because this has just been a blast. Um, I will ask, uh, well, I kind of have two questions for you. So like, first of all, you know, what, what kind of stuff are you, you working on right now? Cause I'd like, I just kind of love to hear, you know, for myself personally. Uh, but I also, you know, know people are interested in what you guys are doing. Um, so like, what kind of stuff are you working on? How can people like get in touch and see what you're working on? And then I'll hop into the last question after that. Sure, man. Uh, I think like one of my, one of like my, uh, probably greatest qualities but also biggest downfalls is I'd, i'm just interested in like way too many different things and uh i try to pursue all of them and uh you know to the best of my ability and it's it's sometimes it's tough because i explain to people like you just ask like what do you have going on and i'll you know i'll talk their ear off for like 20 minutes about like these seven things that I have going on right now and they're like jesus you need to chill the fuck out <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like oh, i just follow my instincts man like i just do yeah. whatever feels right to me you know and, mm. like, and again i don't I, I'm not, it's not like I'm, you know, waking up and working 20 hours a day on these things that I'm still living like a, you know, a fulfilled life and mm-hmm. a balanced life. But, you know, if, if there's something that I want to, if, so, if there's something that I'm really passionate about, like I got, I got to see it through or else I'm just going to feel regret about it. So, mm-hmm. um, so, I mean, with that being said, uh, you know, Mike, Mike just put out the album. So we're, we're, 
really trying to focus on the visuals mm. for all these songs that just came out and i mean he said he wants to do a visual for every all 23 songs Damn. which is a uh, ni- nice and ambitious and our videos are great you know they're they're not as like in depth as like a lot of other people's music videos they're they're kind of just like i mean if if some some of them are just like one long running shot so we kind of have like these cool aesthetic looking videos that we do for so uh we we have a lot of videos going on right now we're like i'm constantly working on two or three at the same time Uh, we just did a really cool one this weekend actually uh for the song like blood Mm. we have we have we have this contest a few weeks ago where um we wanted like fans to make these like montage videos of them and their friends to the song like nice. blood and we'd pick we'd pick the best one and fly them out here to arizona for the album release party that was just mm. last night so uh they're actually they're here right now they're in the house and that's uh, crazy we, we, yeah we, we flew them out here and uh you know we, yeah. we, we partied last night we brought them out to the album release party and like we were partying at the house and you know they and we filmed the entire thing we filmed mm-hmm. the whole experience and that and that whole filmed experience of them coming out here is going to be end up being the video for like what so cool dude because uh, it's a, you know it's a song ultimately about friendship and you know yeah, of course all, all the people important to you in your inner circle so um and we feel that, that way with our fans you know like mm-hmm. we feel super connected with our fans so we wanted to do something collaborative with our with our fans so uh that's a fun project we have going on that uh we're kind of in the middle of right now and then um you know, outside of Mike stuff, uh, I, I'm a filmmaker. Like I, I shot my first movie probably three years ago, um, totally independently. And, uh, uh, and I'm working on the second one right now. I'm probably nice. like 90%, 90% done writing it, uh, with my partner and I, <clears throat> and uh, I got to have to start thinking about, you know, when I'm going to actually pursue the filming of that one, uh, probably sometime next year. And, uh, and yeah, man, I mean, that's, that's pretty much, I'm probably forgetting a bunch of shit, but that's, that's all I can really think. That's about all right good, now. man. And, yeah. And I then, love that. And then, dude. you know, the, you know, the podcast world, that's just perpetual. It never ends. So yeah, we're just, you know, we're just perpetually, you know, doing podcasts as well, which is uh, probably like the most routine thing that we do here. Mm. Just Cause like we have a release schedule for it. So, so yeah, all, all that type of stuff. Love that dude, man. Just, just a real like creative lifestyle. eh? Oh yeah, absolutely. Love that, man. Good Let's stuff, dude. That itch. Oh, yeah. oh pff, tell me about it. Um, <laughs> the last question I want to ask you, man, uh, I, I told you about it a little bit on Instagram, uh, that, uh, at the end of every episode, I like to give it a challenge, uh, something that, um, you know, my listeners can, uh, implement into their day, week, month, life, whatever it may be, something just to kind of help them live a happier, healthier, more fulfilled, just kind of like better existence. Uh, so, you know, given your very unique life experience, I'd love to know kind of what challenge you'd put forth to anybody who's listening to this right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would kind of bounce back to that notion of, you know, what I was doing, uh, once COVID hit, when I would, I would just go out and I'd walk for an hour every day, mm. you know, and, uh, you know, don't, be in the, be in the moment while you're walking, you know, like don't necessarily like stare at your cell phone the whole time. Uh, or, you know, like if you want to throw on a podcast or read a book, but just like just shutting everything down for an hour to just get out there and to just walk around. It sounds silly, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's, I started habitually doing it every day. Uh, and it's funny, like, if you look at like my steps, if you look at like my steps on my phone, you, it, it like shows you like month by month. And like once COVID started last year, like you can see like the spike, it's like the spike in my steps. Nice. Yeah. 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 
with the spikes there, like that's, that's when like everything was really locked down in Los Angeles. And I was mm. literally walking like five miles every day, just walking Jesus. around okay. and like listening to books and, uh, and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, you don't necessarily have to like listen to audiobooks while you do it, but yeah, I, dude, I would challenge people to just, just get outside and just walk around for, mm. even if it's just a half hour every day, I know it sounds silly and it might sound like a waste of time, but it just it does something to your psyche where it just like really, I mean, like we just need sun. We need sunlight mm. as human beings. Yeah. <laughs> so we need to be like, we need to be from like a, like from back to our primitive states. We just need to be around nature. We need mm. the sun. And uh, especially these days where there's a lot of working from home, like people just aren't getting outside enough. And uh, I just urge people to just get out and just walk, walk around nice. every day nice every day dude. i gotta do that shit. i mean I'm, I'm bad about that man i'll wake up in the morning and i'm just like oh roll over the phone's right there and you're just like yeah why not you know i'll check my fucking fantasy football lineup and then the next <laughs> thing you know you're like on instagram for an hour and you're like oh shit all right now i kind of feel like i kind of feel shitty so there's a there's a fucking challenge for me just as much one, as my listeners one more th- one more thing too one more thing too hold on <laughs> another thing that uh I haven't been the I haven't been the best about it, but I'm trying to get better at it. Is starting a gratitude journal, nice. which again sounds sounds silly, but dude, it's no. it's as simple. It's as simple, and Mike got me into this, so I can't take all the credit. But hmm. it's as simple as just writing uh, today I feel grateful for, and then just write three things. Nice. It's the first thing you do every day. Instead of grabbing your phone in the morning, you just put the phone aside for like 10 to 15 minutes. You pick up your journal and it, you just write three things that you're grateful for. That's how you start your day. And I, I guarantee something this simple, it takes you know 20 seconds every day. Something this simple is just going to get you in a way better mindset for your day. You're going to stop. You're going to stop. You're going to stop complaining about like meaningless shit. You're going to start thinking more positively. And it's just, it just really puts ink on paper and programs you to just be more grateful. Mm, I love that, man. Gratitude's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. It's hard, but it's but it's beautiful for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, I, I honestly I can't I can't thank you enough, bro. Like this is actually this has been a this has been a really a banger of a podcast episode. Oh yeah, dude. Anytime. I'm I'm happy to come on anytime. Thank you for thinking of me to bring me on. The homies, the guys, so huge. Absolutely, man. Especially over the past few years. I mean, surrounding yourself with people who can help you grow as an individual, who create environments, foster that healing, creativity. That shit matters, man. Absolutely. Like finding friends that you vibe with on a truly special level is rare. And when you have that, you have to put the time in to give to that relationship what you're getting from it. No, it's true. Like you have to take care of relationships, especially as men too, because like we're not taught how to build deep relationships or or connect on a more intimate level like concepts like opening up and showing love and compassion like these are all things that have been seen as like like feminine or or at least oh my gosh not desirable traits in men yeah good episode good guest good stories that's it man bread and butter thanks again to john for coming on the podcast give him a follow on instagram at john kilmer and check out his film the primrose on amazon prime Thanks for tuning in, guys. Shit has just been crazy for us. Like the next episode we're gonna do, we'll actually be in a, a brand new apartment in a new city, and That's, and once we're settled in, we're yeah. gonna launch the Better Tomorrow website, uh, get all that up and running. So there's just a lot happening soon. Uh, we got some things to finish because life's a wreck, and we'll see you in two weeks.
Eli's rack. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.